Um, so this morning, I, I want to talk about uh, the anointing. So we've been on this uh, path for quite a while now, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the early church, uh, the power of God that was present and evident within the early church throughout the generations. We've been talking the last couple of opportunities that I've had um, probably three, about the, uh, the fivefold ministry and the purpose of the, excuse me, the purpose of the fivefold ministry uh, within the church. So I'm going to kind of recap some of that this morning and then move into talking about uh, the anointing and who or what is the anointing. Uh, so first, again, just a reminder of the, the desperate need that we as believers have for the Holy Spirit and His power and His presence in our lives. Um, because without the power of the Holy Spirit being outworked through the church, through believers, then the church is essentially powerless in the world. And if the church is powerless, then God's not moving and and God's power is not being expressed. So believers, us, the church, need to be equipped and filled with the Holy Spirit and understand that we've been equipped and and filled by the Holy Spirit. Understand that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us. When when we have this understanding, we come to a realization that, that when God wants to do something through us, that it doesn't have to rely on who we are and the power that we have or how we're feeling inside or how we're feeling about ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit power in us that that is outworked in those moments that does the miracle work, that that brings the healing, that brings the prophetic word, that, 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 that strengthens us and comforts us when we're in those moments. It's the Holy Spirit that we have living and dwelling in us. So the church without the Holy Spirit is not really the church. Because God's church is filled in abundance with the Holy Spirit. And so the work in our lives and the outworking of God uh, and what God wants for our lives comes about through the Holy Spirit who is in us. So, And the reason that, that, they, that God has done it this way, and the reason that he's empowered us with the Holy Spirit, number one, uh, is because he's God and he can do whatever he wants to do. But he, he, he wants us, and we'll get into this in a little bit, cover the scripture, but I just want to say it now. He, 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 he's imprinted us essentially with a part of his divine nature, and that is what the Holy Spirit is, the, the divine nature of God living and dwelling within us. Believers and God decided in His holiness uh, and 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 His righteousness and again He's the God of the universe He can do whatever He wants that that His desire and His heart was that His beloved creation human beings His sons and His daughters be imprinted with a part of the divine nature of of Himself which is the Holy Spirit in us so that the mighty power of God is present in our lives as a result of the Holy Spirit's presence within us. And as such, again, we need to understand our desperate need for more of Him. And and when I say more of Him, it's it's more of Him being outworked through us. Because He he lives and dwells within us in His fullness. Okay, The fullness of the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us. And when I say more of Him, it's more of Him being outworked through our lives that I'm talking about. Because we can't possibly have within us more of the Holy Spirit because he is there. Like he hasn't, not a part of himself here and a little bit more in Terry and then some in Jesse. It's, it's all of him within all of us. Okay. So, so again, understanding our, our desperate need for him. 
More of the Spirit means more of His power. More of His power means more of His gifts being outworked. More of His gifts being outworked means more people experience the true and genuine power of the God who created everything. Right? More of Him means all of, the, all of these things more in abundance so that the church is even more of an expression of the power of the mighty created God that we serve. And it comes about not because of who any of us are or, 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 or what we in ourselves are capable of, but it's the Holy Spirit in us that brings all this about and makes it even possible. So another thing we, again we've been talking about over the last few weeks is the fivefold ministry. So I'm just going to read that scripture again, cover it a bit before we move on. So Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through to 16. It says, And he himself... Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be uh, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now that's quite a lot of words. But there's just so much in that to be unpacked. And we've kind of gone over some of that over, over the last uh, couple of weeks. So we now have an understanding that these gifts, the, the fivefold gifts that were mentioned at the start of that verse, that these gifts that God has given to his church are essentially for the protection and the edification of the church and all believers. Remember that, that the word uh, edify in, in this scripture, when, when it's using the word to edify the church, uh, it, what it means uh, is to grow both morally and intellectually. So when it's talking about these gifts are there to edify the church, it's, it's to protect the, ter- the, the church and the believers from all the false doctrine and all the rubbish in the world and the lies of men and the cunning and craftiness of deceit that that scripture talks about. To, uh, to, so that the church is edified, meaning so that it grows both morally and intellectually, so that the church and the believers essentially become more and more like Jesus, like we work towards each and every day in our lives, understanding that, that none of us are ever perfect and understanding that even though we're working towards this, that there are still temptations in our lives and still things that we'll face and we're still going to fall short because we all fail sometimes, but so that the church is continuing Continually growing morally, that it's learning, that it's becoming better, that 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 more again, more of God and more of the Holy Spirit is present and evident uh, evident in the church, and also to grow intellectually concerning the Word of God, because a few of those gifts you got the 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 uh, the teachers and the pastors even, whose essential role is to teach the church and to pastor, to shepherd and to watch over the flock, to make sure that the church uh, is given and taught the truth of the gospel so that 
uh, in, in whatever situation or circumstance we find ourselves, that we have an understanding of what the Word of God says. So that whatever we face in our life, rather than just trying to come up with an answer on our own in the moment, we go back to what we were taught according to the Word of God, which is the answer for us to get through everything that we're going to face in our life. So that's essentially the, 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 the gift and the purpose of, of these fivefold giftings, the protection and edification of the church, okay? So the fivefold, again, protects the church and all God's people from the lies and the deceit, the deception of the fallen world we live in, so that the truth is what remains in our hearts and our minds, and that we collectively continue to follow the truth of God's word and not swayed by falsehoods. And we, we all know this because uh, we hear it so often, but it's just so important that we go about, I believe, each and every day of our lives with this understanding in our heart, that there are falsehoods out there, that we do have an enemy who is trying to deceive us. We do have an enemy who is wanting to, in any way that he can, make us believe something that is not true, make us believe that maybe God is not for us, that he doesn't love us, that he doesn't like, whatever it is, that there is so much deceit out there. And there is is even deceit, and I'm not going to cover it today, but, but different people teaching different versions of the gospel like prosperity gospel progressive christianity all all that kind of stuff that is based in truth but is also laced with deceit and see that's where it gets tricky because it's based in in truth because they will give you scriptures out of the word of god yep Sounds good. Sounds good. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again because I, I, I genuinely believe this. If, if you want, any single one of you, if you wanted to, you could find within the Bible some, a scripture, a verse, passage, whatever, to be able to justify absolutely anything you want to do. Absolutely anything. And you could find it in there, right, and be able to just try and justify that. And that's, that's what happens with, with, with these other versions of the gospel. It's all taken out of context. Right? The context of what the Bible is talking about is important. Because again, you could find it in there and justify anything you, you want to justify in your life, to live any way that you wanted to live. But you can't do that contextually. Right? So that's, that's the danger. And, and that's... That's why it's so important that, that each and every one of you as well read the Word of God for yourselves. Yeah, you have Keith and myself and Greg and Kaz and everyone else who has an opportunity to teach and to preach, but, but it's so important that you read it for yourself. We, we want you to be able to trust what we say, okay? But you shouldn't just trust what we say because we say it, okay? Read it for yourself, so this morning, I, I want to look at something else that both the fivefold ministries need, as well as the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And that is the anointing. And you, we've heard it even spoken about this morning. We we're talking about the anointing. God, pour out your anointing uh, upon this place. So, so firstly, what is the anointing? In its most basic and uh, common understanding. The word anoint simply means to be smeared, covered, or rubbed with oil. That's in a, 
in a practical sense, that's what it, what it means, to be smeared, covered, or rubbed in oil. Not like a massage. It's uh, not quite the same thing. Oh, no, I won't say that. <laughs> use your imaginations. Not, like, don't use your imaginations. We're in church. Uh, so it simply means to be smeared, covered, rubbed with oil. Uh, and, and, and in doing so, in, in being smeared, rubbed, covered in oil, in doing so, to be set apart. Okay, that, that's what anoint or anointing means, to be covered, rubbed in oil, to be set apart. Amen. Okay, and that, that's important. So it's like a covering that once it has been received, it cannot be taken away and continues to set that thing or that person apart from those without it. Okay? It's, it's a covering that sets us apart, essentially. So when we receive... Did I skip a part? I did skip a part. So in a spiritual sense, okay, it, it means to be set apart, empowered, and protected. That's what the anointing does. Sets us apart, empowers us, and protects us. Okay. So when we receive the anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not only are we set apart, but we're also empowered to be able to do all that God has called us to do, bringing the message of the gospel to the world being the main focus of that. Right? We are empowered to be able to outwork all of the spiritual gifts that have been given to the church for the glory of God and his kingdom. So to be anointed means we have been empowered by God to be outworkers of the divine nature and of the divine giftings of God. So remember, we read this verse a couple of weeks back. It's in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 4, which says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So again, talking about the great gifts and the promises that we have uh, received as believers. Again, going back to the so that we may be partakers of the divine nature. Right, we have the again the divine nature of God living within us. Okay, and this is something that we need to grasp and need to understand because no longer, as believers and as the church, are we in a place where, where, where we should be being influenced by the world around us, even though it's difficult and we all struggle with this at times, right? When, the, when there's stuff going on in our lives and stuff going on in the world and watching the news and it's all this rubbish and garbage that is, is just lies and deceit, right? And, and, and it's difficult at times to not get caught up in that and to focus on that kind of stuff. But understanding and recognizing and remembering that within each of us is the divine nature of God. Uh, that, that, like, that's incredible. The, div- uh, the divine nature of God present in the lives of us as believers. So how do we know that we have received the anointing? And where I'm going to kind of get to in, in, um, in a few moments is, is 
I guess I'm going to try and simplify something for us. Because we, we hear words like the Holy Spirit and the anointing and uh, that person's got the anointing. Like we, we hear these, these things said all the time. I'm going to try and simplify and give us an understanding of what and who the anointing is. Okay, so how do we know we, we've received the anointing? 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 18 through to 21. Uh, says this in the New King James Version. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest manifest that none of them were us. But you, excuse me, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. So just that last part, okay? But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Okay, these particular verses are giving us some context. Excuse me again on why it's important to understand the anointing that we have. It talks about in the last hours and the last days, those who have gone out from among the church, people who, who once called themselves believers and called themselves a part of the, the body of Christ and the people of God who have gone out and gone away from the truth and been confused and been deceived by whatever else is going on and the lies and the falsehoods that have been taught and proclaimed in the synagogues or whatever's happening, that, that there is a whole bunch of people who, have, who essentially have walked away from the truth, but there's a remnant that have remained. Right, and it's talking. It's talking about those who said they were of us. Well, if they were truly of us, then they would still be here among us, right? But the fact that they're no longer uh, among us is proof that they were never really with us. Is what this verse is saying. And again, the last part. But you talking to the remnant and those who are still there, those who have held on to the truth. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And that's important. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. What it's essentially saying is that, that, that the true believers, this verse is saying that the true believers, those who genuinely know and have an understanding of the truth of the Word of God, have an anointing from the Holy One and know all things, meaning that they have a knowledge of what is true and what is false so that they were not swayed by the falsehoods and the deception and the false doctrine. And it was the anointing that allowed them to know all things, according to that verse. Okay. Now let's read further down, verse 27 of the same chapter. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, notice the language that is used in that passage specifically. That you have received from him, abides in you, and teaches you concerning all things. 
I'm just going to read that, 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 that whole passage again. So 1 John 2, 27. And just, just listen to the, the words that he used. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie... And just as, it is, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, the language used in that verse is incredibly similar to the language used when Jesus is speaking to us about the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of examples. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, this is, G- this is Jesus. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Right? And 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Dwell and abide. Essentially the same word. They, they mean the same thing. Right? So we have the, these two verses where Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And this is obviously while Jesus, uh, in, in John, while Jesus was still here, you know, explaining to his disciples who the Holy Spirit is, what he was going to do. Right? And, and so we have this language that is the same in these verses where we're talking about the anointing, that he will abide in you, you will abide in him, he will teach you all things, he will cause you to remember all things, right? The Holy Spirit is the anointing that we have received. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us in all things and teaches us in all things. Right? So when we're talking about the anointing, we're talking about the Holy Spirit's power being poured out on somebody. Every single one of us, we know we have an understanding that we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us. Right, But when His power is being outworked through us, right, we use this word anointing. Right, You can see and notice that that person has an anointing. It's not a separate thing from the Holy Spirit. It's, it's we're noticing that the Holy Spirit is being poured out of that person and his power and his glory and the truth is being revealed through a person. So the anointing is the Holy Spirit's power in and in our lives. So in the same way that each of us have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us, we have the capabilities of, of, of being anointed, right? Because it's the Holy Spirit in you that is doing this, right? It's, it's the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. I say this and bring this up because, again, there, there are those who are Christians, and maybe you haven't been in church for a long time, who, who struggle to believe that they have the anointing. Right? People struggle to believe that they have or can possibly have the anointing. And maybe, like I said, it's because we sometimes Christianize the words and we just talk about the anointing, the anointing without any context or understanding of what that really is. Um, and, and like you just use the word anointing and like it, 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 you know, it seems like it's something else separate from the Holy Spirit sometimes in the way that we talk about it, okay? And, you know, that's on us as, as leaders and everyone to, to try and make sure that we, we don't do that. Um, but that's why I want to bring this today so that there's an understanding and, and, and uh, recognition of who and what the anointing is. 
right? And so that there's an understanding that every single one of us is anointed, okay? Because the same language and the same words that, that, that we read in those verses about the anointing are the same language and the same words that are used about the Holy Spirit, that he will dwell in us, that he will teach us all things. In those verses, it says the anointing will, will, will remind you of all things in the same way that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, right? It's essentially interchangeable here. So we can see from these verses and, and the language that is used that the truth is that the outpouring that we have received is really the Holy Spirit, whom from the text we understand dwells and abides in us. And again, us, uh, we, we touched on earlier that to anoint is to rub, smear, cover in oil with the purpose of then being set apart, right? So it, it, it's like that with the Holy Spirit and the anointing. It's not something that will ever be taken away or removed from us. Right? Once, once, you've been, once you've received the Holy Spirit, you're set apart. I haven't got this scripture in here, but I say this one a lot. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to paraphrase because I haven't got it written in front of me. But essentially says that from the moment that you believe, you have received the Holy Spirit as a seal upon your heart, as a promise of the inheritance that is yet to come. From the moment, this is what I love about that, that verse in particular. From the moment that you believed. Right? And again, because there's some, be careful how I say it, there's, there's some people who, who, who are taught or, or have this thing, and, and they're, they're, they're chasing after the Holy Spirit in, in like, what am I trying to say? We'll just go back to that. That the moment that we believe, according to that verse, because I was going to go off on a whole tangent, but I don't need to do that. From the moment that we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit as a seal upon our heart, as a promise of the inheritance that is yet to come, that will never be taken away or removed from us. However, like in all truth, there are going to be moments uh, when obviously we're going to feel him stronger in our lives. There's going to be moments and times where we don't feel him, you know. But he's always there. It's, it's important to know that just because we may not feel him in a given moment does not mean that his power is not being outworked through us. There are times, and I know that Keith will uh, agree with me on this, that, that there are times when doing some of this stuff that, that we do in the preaching and, and all that stuff, where we stand up here, we, we, you know, we do what we got to do, but from here it just seems like nothing, like you, we don't feel anything up here sometimes, sometimes, right? And so, you know, we do what we got to do and not feeling anything, right? So in our minds, in our heads, right? okay, well, that's done, that's over, nothing really worthwhile came out of that, right? But then 
in conversation with, with, with you guys afterwards or during the week and, 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 and hearing from you what you got out of the message and what the Holy Spirit did and what the Holy Spirit said. It's, it's like a, a recognition for us and, and helps us to remember this very thing that I'm trying to say to you, that just because you don't feel it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not being outworked through you, right? And so even when you're not feeling it, even when you're tired and, and, and your inner world is just seems to be falling apart and everything's going wrong, right? And you're just not feeling it, but yet you have this opportunity to have a conversation with somebody, a co-worker, a friend or a family member, whatever, and you haven't felt anything. Don't discount the reality of the Holy Spirit in you that is always working. He is always working. Right, And so just because you don't feel something in a moment, it doesn't mean that he's not doing something amazing that is changing somebody else's life in that moment. Right? It's not about how or what we feel. Because we can feel like rubbish and still be used by the Holy Spirit. Because he's always with us. Right? The anointing is always with us. And there are moments where you will feel that anointing, right? And you will know that that it's just pouring out of you. And those moments are fantastic. But there are the moments when you won't feel a thing. But it doesn't mean that he's not doing what he does just because we're not feeling it. Go away, fly. 2 Corinthians 1. Uh, don't do that. I can't believe my computer's still going. This is actually amazing. It's been on zero battery this entire time. Thank you, Jesus. Was I ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and 22. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Right, that just sums up what I've been saying to you for the last five to ten minutes. Right, I'm going to read that again. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through to 22. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, is God who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So who's anointed us? God. With the Holy Spirit. The divine nature of himself. With that, he has anointed us. And has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our heart as a guarantee. A guarantee of eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Yes, guarantee. And also a guarantee that, that every moment that we walk and breathe on this earth, that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and an anointing from God. That we are set apart 
by the Holy Spirit and the anointing that we have received. Every moment, every breath, every step, every day, set apart, anointed. Again, that verse just makes it so clear that the outpouring and the empowering that we have received is the Holy Spirit. Which is why it is impossible for us as Christians to do anything substantial and significant without the anointing. Because the anointing we are talking about is the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, given to us both as a seal and a guarantee of our eternal inheritance. But also of the supernatural and divine power that is outworked through us as believers because we have the anointing and the Holy Spirit with us always. So, for those of you who have been doubting the possibility of you ever having the anointing that other people have. I mean, for you ladies who were here yesterday at the thing, like I heard that uh, you know, Mark Bateman and that guy Clint spoke fantastically. And it's possible for us to look at people like that and go, oh man, he's... And he's anointed. You know what? Same spirit lives in him. Lives in you. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Lives in him. Lives in you. Right? We all are capable because of the Holy Spirit in us. So don't doubt that you can receive that. Because if you believe, you've already received the Holy Spirit. It's then understanding who he is that enables the outworking of his power to happen through us. And that's what I'm trying to do, help you to understand who he is, what he is, and prove to you that beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have the Holy Spirit if you believe. Okay, it seems simple. And you know what? It is. Hey, Gary, can I say something? Yeah, go for it. Do you want that? <laughs> Do you want that, Mike? No, I'll stay there. So can I just say about the anointing, I just felt a, Rodney Howard Brown wrote a book called The Anointing. In that book, Rodney Howard Brown Brown tried to explain the anointing as basically the touch of God. And see, Darren was talking about this thing about the Holy Spirit and the anointing about a thing being smeared upon you. So here's the point that I just want to add is that when God touches you, mm-hmm. when he touches you, there is a residue that remains on you that is the Holy Spirit. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? There is a, like a, an oil that touches you mm-hmm. and that touch remains on your life and sets you apart from other people because God's touch is on you, his presence. That's all I want to say. <laughs> oh, good. Um, Hey, Boyd, would you just come and play? Just, you know, do your, whichever one you want, whatever. Whatever's easiest to just get up and do.
you're just super talented, you can do it all. I'm j I am joking. I know you could do it, but I am joking. <laughs> this guy could do anything. <laughs> so, um, so, thanks, Stewie. Uh, lost my train of thought. So, what I want to do this morning and finish with this morning, um, like Keith just said, you know, when the Holy Spirit touches you, right? And in Scripture, it talks about, especially throughout the book of Acts, when they're going around to different churches and they're establishing leaders and whatever in, in all the churches and the places that they go and they're praying for groups of people or, 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 or whatever, um, the scripture tells us that the apostles and the leaders and, and all that, that they would lay their hands upon the people and pray for them. And when they did so, the Holy Spirit would come. And so we're just going to take some time this morning to do that very thing. Um, I, I'm just going to pray and then and we'll... We'll do that. So, uh, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for who you are, for all that you do, and for all that you want to do through each of us as individuals and through us collectively as your church in this place. And I just pray that right now, Lord God, for those who you are, nudging this morning for those of you who those of us in this place who you are wanting Lord God to come to a recognition and a realization that we've been called and set apart and anointed Lord prepare us in this place